0: You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. Wow, what a good-looking group we got today. Yeah, just tell somebody, you said that because I'm sitting beside you. That's it. So good to see you. We're so glad that you are here today. It's going to be a great day. I'd like to do something to start us a little bit different today. So if you don't mind, would you please stand with us right now? Just everyone, if you just stand. I know you just got seated. And wasn't that some beautiful, beautiful music? Yeah. Man, our worship team rocks. All the way from the tech booth to the stage. I'm telling you, what a beautiful name it is. I almost missed my cue because I couldn't leave. I was like, wow. And of course, I was... I was admiring the lady that was singing that too. <laughs> I think I'm going to ask her out afterwards. So if you're new to SCC, that's my wife, okay, just want to tell you that. Hey, let's read this verse together. We're talking about the power to change our lives, and so today is this a series that we're doing, and we're taking it from this particular verse here, so if, as it comes up on the screen, I want you to read it with me. You ready? Let's read it together. It says this, let's read. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and against such things there is no Okay. So last week, uh, matter of fact, Rhonda rocked it out last week on Mother's Day. It was awesome. If you missed that message, she did a message on patience. And so that's one of the fruit. Remember, these are fruit of the Spirit, and it's not individual, they all work together, and the reason that I tell you that is because people said, Rhonda, you just, she did an amazing job, she taught on patience, and they're like, like, ask her, how did she do that? She said, well, I've been working on that message for almost 30 years. (laughs) That's about how long she's been married to me. Okay, you can be seated. (laughs) 30 years. The question that I, uh, I think that we're all maybe asking, I know our culture is asking this, is what is the good life? What is, what is the good life? I mean, it seems like everybody has a different kind of definition for the good life. And so today we have, some people say, you know, the good life is when you look good. I hope not. <laughs> do you know, I heard something on the radio uh, a couple weeks ago, they were doing a survey and they would do this. They, they figured out, they said, you know, that, that uh, there is, I don't know where they got the research at, but I heard them say that, that you look your best, that the person usually looks their best at age 23. Mm. Now looking at me, you probably say, yeah, that's right. But looking at Rhonda now, I tell you, she just gets better looking every day. Listen, I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. Okay, I can see it's going to be that kind of crowd today. And then the other people say, okay, so it's not just about looking good. Other people say it's about feeling good. That's a good life. It's feeling good as long as you feel good. And so that's why, you know, they think, okay, well, if we can just take a cruise or we can just do something to make ourselves feel better. And a lot of people, you know, go to drugs or prescription drugs or whatever and just constantly want to feel good. That's the good life. Other people, it's not just about looking good and feeling good. It's a, the good life to them is about having the goods. And so it's always about having the latest and greatest and, and whatever's next. Got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. Matter of fact, a few years ago, there was a bumper sticker that said this, whoever has the most toys wins at the end. And I think that sometimes we can get that. And so the, what is the good life? Well, I want to tell you the, the good life as far as God's concerned is this is a good life, is a life filled with God. That's the good life. And one of the fruits of the Spirit that we're talking about is goodness. And you know what? People today, people, many people, in our own eyes, we think we're good. Matter of fact, it's amazing to me how that when uh, in conversating with people, that when there's been issues that have happened, things that have happened, they say, well, I'm a good person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and when we look, we, we all think about ourselves as a good person, but really, what is the, what is the test for goodness? Why? What makes us good? And so today we're going to discover that. What, what is it that takes us to that, to that realm? And the Bible tells us that God began to talk about in the beginning goodness. Look what it says in Genesis uh, through, uh, 1 and 31. It says this. God saw all that he had made and it was very wide. He said, it's good. God look, God made his creation and said, mm, that's good. Mm, that's good. Mm, that's good. He said, it's all good. It's all good. What made it all good in the beginning? What made everything? Why did God say, mm, that's good? Because everything in the very beginning was fulfilling the purpose that God had created it for. And so, you know, what makes you good and what makes me good is when we begin to fulfill the purpose that we were created for. Now, you might be asking, what is that purpose? Well, the Bible answers that too. In, in Ephesians 2 and 10, the next verse I have on your outline, look what it says. It says this, for we are God's workmanship. What's the next word? Created. Come on, would you say that again? What is it? Created. created. Why don't you circle that? You are created. Created. We are God's workmanship created as a saved person in Christ Jesus. Now, here's your purpose, okay? You were, you were created by Christ Jesus when he saved you, and here's one. Here's okay, these next four words, let's read them out loud. You ready? Here we go. To do good works. Okay, can you say that again? You ready? To do good works. You were created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So you were created to do good. God created you to do good. The reason, so when you, are, you say, well, what is God's purpose for my life? I'll tell you, the number one purpose for your life is to know God and to do good. That's it. He created you to do something good. And until the day that you leave this world, you should be asking, okay, what good can I do? Why? Because God knows this. Here's, here's how we say it at SEC. You ready to come up the screen? Say this with me. You ready? To come on. Here it comes. It feels good. Say that again. You ready? It feels good to do good. Because God knows that when you and I are created, is that when we're doing good for other people, we feel more self-respect than ever. The world is saying, try to get self-esteem. In other words, try to make yourself feel better about you. If you want to feel better about you, it's not about what you can do for yourself. It's about what you do for other people that will make you feel good. Matter of fact, if you're struggling with depression today, I would say the first thing that I would challenge you to do is to to try to go out and do something for somebody else. Matter of fact, if you rode with somebody today, maybe do something good for that person. Because if you want to feel good, you do good. It's amazing. When you go to, to try to make someone else's day, when you go to try to help them feel good, it's amazing how good you feel. Would you agree with that? Am I, am I tracking here with you? When, you? when you do something good for somebody, it makes you feel good. It's, like you're, it's the gift that you give, but it bounces back. It feels good to do good. So let's talk about how to become a good person. Because I know you want to be a better person. I believe that about you because we decided that we're going to go up as a church. That you, you know, if you're going to attend SEC, your life's going to get better. We just determined that you're going to get better. And so, uh, so number one, would you write this down? The first way to become a good person is this is reading and listening to God's word. Would you write that down? Reading and listening to the Bible. I know that sort of sounds like a churchy answer to everything, but I'm telling you, it has implications. You see, here's why. Because until you get into the good book, you don't know what good is. Do you know that there's some people that have been taught that bad things are good? Yeah, I mean, like I meet with people all the time that's made some mistakes and said, you know what? I, I was taught through uh, my parents or friends or co-workers, or that that was good, but it's hurt me. It's hurt. I didn't mean this. I thought, I thought it was something good I was doing. And so the only way that you're ever going to know what's really good is you get in the good book, right? That's what the, That's what what. the. Remember the old Western movies that say, now that cowboy's got the good book. Okay, never mind. You guys don't watch Westerns. I'm sorry. <laughs> I grew up in a home with John Wayne. In our home, you couldn't cuss in our home, but when John Wayne cussed, he wasn't cussing. i don't know know why and so what i want to tell you is you got you got to know what's good you got to know and the only way to know what's good is in the good book the bible and so i want to tell you listening and reading that helps you now here's what i hear people say all the time they say you know what i tried reading the bible one time and uh you know what i just didn't understand it let me just tell you this Here's the deal, is that you read it and then you will get understanding. A matter of fact, it reminds me of a quote that I heard by Mark Twain. Mark Twain said this, you know what he said? He said, you know what, it's not the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that bother me, it's the parts that I do understand that get me. Right? He's like, it's the part, that's that part that gets me. And so today, as we talk about this, understand that the Bible is something that as you read, the more you read it, the more you're going to get it. And, and, and so I would even say start reading in a part of, uh, like the New Testament start there do not start in Deuteronomy you know okay it gets into the Levitical law and all that stuff start in the New Testament and remember listen the more you read the more you'll get understanding matter of fact God's going to give you the understanding that you can handle and so if you seek the Bible says that you will find and under, the 2 uh, Timothy tells us the uh, the importance of the Bible. Look what it says. 2 Timothy 3.16, Let's look at it together. It says the whole Bible was given to us by inspiration from Jeff. I was glad to do that for you. No. Wasn't given to me. Shoot, you can't take but 30 minutes of me. <laughs> right? It's like, hey, I, I know that's why a lot of you come to this church. I know that. I used to think, you know, it's my great preaching. I was like, oh no. Then I thought, you know, the music is fantastic. Well, I found out that the reason a lot of you come to this church is an hour and five minutes. You know, you're getting in and out. <laughs> I, know, I mean, like, that's it. I ask people, I say, why did you come to this church? Well, you know, I like you preaching, I like the singing, but I really like being here an hour and five minutes and going home. Oh, well. <laughs> so, inspiration from God, he goes on to say this, and is useful to teach us what is what? what is true, and it makes us realize what is wrong in our lives, and it straightens us out and helps us to do what is right. That's it right there. That's why we have the Bible right there. It will, it will put you in line when you need to be in line. The Bible can do things to you. that It can say things to you and speak to you like nobody else can. You know what? My wife can't talk to me like the Bible does. Hmm, I wouldn't put up with that. She, I, and she wouldn't let me talk to her like the Bible She wouldn't put up with that either. Because the Bible just calls you out. Whenever something's going, it just calls you out. It's live. It's active. It's living. The Bible is what we do use to build our convictions. See, there's a lot of opinions in our culture. Opinions are things that you will argue about. You know, you'll tell your opinion. But a conviction is something that you will, that, that you will die for is something that you know you will hold on to you die you would die for it a, an opinion is something that we we hold up but a conviction is something that holds us up and so you need convictions in your life and and the only way that you're going to get convictions is from god's word the truth that you can build your life on and listen if you don't if you don't stand for something you'll fall for anything right and so we have to stand on god's word God's word is the key to wisdom. Watch it, listen to this. God's word is the key to wisdom, and wisdom is the key to whatever you desire. Do you understand? You believe that? God's word is the key to, key to wisdom, and wisdom is the key to whatever you desire. And a key is important. Matter of fact, uh, you know, right now, if, if you wanted to drive my car, You'd have to go down to the lower parking lot in the gravel because that's where our team parks so that you can have the good spaces and our guests can have the good spaces. You'd go down to the parking lot and you could go down there and if I didn't give you the key and you wanted to drive my car, well, you could break the window. Watch out for the pit bull in there, though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you could break the window and some of you, I know you past, some of you could hotwire my car I know. Listen, hey, if you, if you think you're going to the church where everybody has no past, you're, wrong, you're at the wrong place, friend. Matter of fact, did you lock your car? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just one of those days. But you can take it, you know, you could straight hot wire, you know, and you can drive my, yeah, you could drive my car without my authority, without my permission, and you could do it your way, but guess what? You're not gonna ride in peace. You're not going to be covered but but if I give you the key to my car if I say here you know if you ask me for the key and you got a driver's license okay so don't ask me my key if you don't have a driver's license if you got a driver's license and you got a good record of driving right Then you ask me for my key. I give you the key to my car. When you go to my car, you go to my car with authority because you know that when you get in my car, it is covered by a good insurance policy. And then when you drive my car, it's not just covered, but you can relax and there is no stress and you can cruise in my car because I've given you the authority to do that. But without the key, you're going to be stressed out. Who's gonna catch me? Are they gonna catch me? You know, you're not covered under my insurance policy if you don't have the key. So if you want the covering of God, you've got to have the authority of God, and the key to that is God's word, and God's word gives you the wisdom. Wisdom is the key. Many of you are looking for the key of life, it's the wisdom, it's God's word. The Bible says this Proverbs 10 21. Look what it says. The lips of the righteous feed many. Look at that, feeds many. But fools die for lack of what? Lack of wisdom. And so, you know, we say at SEC, I think you can finish this statement. I think I've said it so much, I think you can finish it. You ready? It says this. You can't do better or be better until you know better. You got to know better. How do, how do you know better? The good book. This is knowing better. And so we want you to know better. Matter of fact, uh, As we begin to talk about that, I have it on the screen here. And it simply says, I'd like you to read it with me. Look what it says. Let's read what's on the screen. God's Word helps me to know better so I can be better and do better. Without God's Word, you will never know better. And then you can't be better and then you can't do better. So it's God's Word. Matter of fact, I want to help you get started in, in reading god's word so i want to give you a starting point okay because i know that a lot of us start things and many of you probably have started reading god's word and you quit so i want to help you get back on track i'm going to tell you this plan that i've come up with it's called the 10-4 plan now i didn't understand what 10-4 meant all right years ago you may not know this but uh in 1995 when i become the pastor of this church that was a year that all of a sudden, you know, microphones always had cords until that year they become affordable and you could buy a cordless mic. I want to tell you, our church probably had about 75 people in it that year, but I'm telling you, I was a man of God when I got a cordless mic. I mean, I was the, the man I remember getting that cordless mic, and I remember getting it no cords. I could walk down the aisle. I could do whatever I wanted to do. I was unchained with my cordless mic. I had practiced. I had rehearsed in our church with that cordless mic, and then that Sunday when our 75 people come in, we had two speakers standing up on the side over there. It was a real small church, but I had rehearsed, and I had my cordless mic ready. I couldn't wait, and it was my time to preach. I grabbed that cordless mic. I felt God's special spirit on me because I had my cordless mic. And I got up, and I began to preach God's Word with passion, and I was in that sermon about three minutes, and all of a sudden we heard, Breaker Breaker 1-9. <laughs> Hello, Robert ducky. We were by all the interstates in Forest Park, and so all those big truckers were going by. And out here, 10 4 over now, 10 4 yes, sir, rubber ducky. Just messed my cordless mic up. And so I understand what 10 4 means. That means 10 4 means that I got it. Matter of fact, I mean, it, it wasn't just. Truckers, you know, we by the airport and so one time I was in the back big way of preaching they said, Okay, runway number four is clear, is clear, clear, ten four, clear, clear. Just shot my thing all to pieces. And so ten four means that I got it. That's what I understood. It meant I got it. Matter of fact, there's sometimes that people says a bad language into our church. You believe what they talk like on those radios. So I'm telling you, so I have the 10-4 plan, what I call the 10-4 Bible reading plan. What that means is I'm asking you to read the Bible for 10 minutes a day for four days a week. That's the starting point. Read or listen to the Bible 10 minutes a day, four days a week. It's the 10-4 plan. And if you get the 10-4 plan going, guess what? You're going to say, I got it. I'm getting it. I got it. 10-4 plan. Now, listen, you can't just go anywhere in the country and hear about a 10-4 Bible reading plan. That's called I'm So Smart. <laughs> so here's the Here's what I'll tell you. Maybe if you have your phone, listen, read or listen to, read or listen to, okay? So there's an app that you probably know about, but if you don't, here it is, it's called the, the You Bible app, the U Version. And so I would just challenge you, download this app and you can read or listen to the Bible. You know, mobile. Turn off the bad news on the way to work. Listen. Just turn it. Listen, the news doesn't change. You listen to it on the way to work and you listen to it on the way home. Then listen, turn it off. Why are you so depressed? You got the bad news on. Turn on the good news and watch what God will do in your life. And so today I want to challenge you on the back of your connection card. It says, I will do my best to read or listen to God's word 10 minutes a day, four days a week. If you will say, I want to do the 10-4 plan, I want to try that. I want you to just check that box so that we can pray for you this week because the devil is going to do everything in his power to get you not to do that. Number two, you ready? Number two is meeting with other believers. Again, this seems so elementary. Meeting with other believers. The Bible tells us about this, how important this is if you want to be a good person. How many of you know that your connections determine your direction? You know that. that. Let me tell you something. The people that you're around are going to determine the direction your life goes in. And so, before I say anything else, some of you right now are knowing that you need an upgrade. You've got to have an upgrade in your life with the people around you. And so, the Bible says that you need some godly people around you if you want to go a godly direction. Look what it says it says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and what? Good deeds. Good deeds. That only comes from godly people, good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, some in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. He's talking about the return of Jesus. We should meet more, be with godly people more as we see the day of Jesus approaching. The devil, the devil is going to do this. I can tell you, the devil's greatest temptation on your life is going to be this, is that when you're going through a bad time, Financially, in your marriage, with your family, uh, when it's just bad at work or whatever, he's going to do everything in his power to get you away from God's people. You know why? Because you're discouraged and you need to be encouraged. And the way that he takes you out is to keep you discouraged. And if he can disconnect you, you will stay discouraged and your life will automatically spiral, spiral downward. But he knows that if you get around somebody that's encouraging Like God's people. We have an opportunity to do that every Sunday. And also in our connect groups, you get around people that are encouraging. Then guess what? You may be discouraged, but they're encouraging. And so therefore, they lift you up. You know what? There's days, can I be honest with you? There are days that I don't want to be good. There's days, I have bad days. You know that I have bad days. And you know what? There's days that Rhonda has bad days. Believe it or not. That little angel, she has bad days. But here's here's what we discovered: ninety-nine percent of the time that she's having a good day when I'm having a bad day. And so guess what? Our home didn't blow up because if we both had bad days all the time together, it'd just be it'd be horrible. But most of the time, you know, when she's having a bad day, I'm having a good one. When when I'm having a bad one, she's having a good one. And it just sort of works out. And the same thing about the body of Christ. Listen, when I'm having a bad day, I get around some of you and you're having a good day. You lift me up and therefore I forget about my bad day. You bring me up. That's why church is important, because when, especially when you're having bad times, because you need someone to bring you up, and you, you just get around people like this that are having good days, smiling. All of a sudden, you know, your world's falling apart, but you, get about, you forget about it for about 30 seconds, and you start going up. Good days, bad days. Sort of reminds me of a story that I heard a couple weeks ago of this uh, group of... Uh, Soldiers that was protecting a coastline. And uh, all of a sudden, there was trouble. Lieutenant runs into the captain and says, Captain, says, uh, have some bad news. He says, what is it, son? He says, on the, cloak, on the horizon, I see five ships that are headed this way, sir. The captain looks at the lieutenant. He says, son, go get my red coat. He goes and gets a red coat. The captain puts on his red coats. He goes out. He leads his troop in the battle. They sink all five ships. It's a huge victory. The lieutenant afterward comes back to the captain. His captain says, I just got to ask you a question. Why would you want me to go get your red coat to put on before we go into battle? He said, son, that's very simple. He said, you see, when I get wounded, when something happens to me, I bleed, and I bleed Red. And so therefore, if I get wounded in battle and I begin to bleed, if I'm not wearing red, the the other troops around me will see that I'm wounded, they'll quit fighting. So I put that red coat on so if I got wounded and I begin to bleed, no one would know it and they would keep fighting. The lieutenant said, that is a good, sir, you are just so smart. That is awesome. Some time had passed. The lieutenant comes running back in again after time had passed. He said, Captain, Captain. He said there's 20 ships on the horizon. He says, "Son, go get my brown pants." <laughs> That's the joke that <laughs> That's the joke that Rhonda was trying to prepare you for last week. Some of you are going to wake up in the middle of the night going, no! <laughs> I got it. I probably shouldn't have told that, but I did. <laughs> so when we come together, when we come together, as I emailed you this week, we need re-days. re You know what that means? That means where we're Reminded. We're reminded of God's love and we remember, it's a re-day, we remember God's promises and we rejoice. We rejoice over what God has done in our lives. It's a re-day and that's what happens when you're having a bad day. You need a re-day, you need to be reminded, you need to remember, and you need to rejoice. And when you get around other people of God, you begin to have a re-day, they remind you. And connect groups is a great place for that to happen. I want to read to you uh, today Lisa Baldoff's story. Listen to her. Listen to this. Picture's coming up. It said we're beginning attending SEC in May of 2016. I was excited about becoming a part of the church and wanted to get involved beyond just coming on Sundays. I saw that there was a connect group starting in June, and that would be discussing health healthy eating plan that I'd already been following I was thrilled to find people I could connect with who would be able to relate to me I had never been a part of a connect group before I was excited but also nervous to jump in not knowing anyone in the church yet the day of our first meeting June 22nd our home was broken into for the second time in a 10-month period Being so upset, I decided I was not going going to the group. My husband urged me to go anyway. I was reluctant, but I went, and I'm so glad I did. The ladies there that night were so encouraging and uplifting. The months that had followed were some of the most stressful times we had had in our personal lives. I was dealing with a lot of anger and anxiety that came after the break-in. We were trying to sell our home to get a place we felt safer in. Those ladies who are now my friends for life were there every week to keep me encouraged and focused on God. I felt I was able to, to uh, be real with them and, to, and they helped me get through the times and were able to celebrate with me when the victory came when we came out on the other side of our battle. I enjoyed being a part of the group so much that my husband and I decided to become a part of a family-oriented connect group as well. We met some great people in that group too. I felt as if the circle of friends expanded within a month. And these are the kinds of friends you want to have in your circle forever. Connect groups have really enriched our lives. Connecting with others in God's family is one of the best things you can do for yourself. Michael and Lisa Valdolf. Now today, I've read that story to you because it's real. It's what happens. It's three days. And today, I want to give you that opportunity and on your connection card, there is an opportunity for you to sign up for a connect group. I pray that you will do that that, you know, they start in June, so you have time to think about it, but we want you to sign up for a connect group to help you. Okay, number three, would you write this down? Number three is realize goodness is a gift from God. Goodness is a gift from God. I say that to you because I want to tell you that you're not born good. I hate to tell that to you, you know, we go, we see these babies. We've got a lot of babies being born in our church right now. It's awesome. But you know what? You go hold that little precious baby. Oh, they're so beautiful, wonderful. It's awesome. But that little rascal grows, doesn't it? Then all of a sudden, you walk into your, your room, and here they are about two years old, and they have, or three years old, and they have a crayon in their hand, and there's marks all over the wall, and there's nobody else in the room. And you say, did you do that? No. Who did that? I don't know. Are they blaming on the cat or the dog, right? I don't know. Did you teach your kid to say mine? My toy, my toy, my toy, my French fry. My friends were like, I bought that fry, buddy. You know what I'm saying? It's mine. I mean, nobody taught... I didn't teach my kids to lie, did you? I didn't teach them that, but they knew how to do it. I didn't teach them to be selfish. They just sort of knew that. And nobody taught you either. It's just something... We had to teach them to be good because being bad is automatic, right? Lying is automatic. Selfishness is automatic. And so today I want to tell you that you have to have God inside of you to be good. Look what the Bible says. Philippians 2 and 13, it says this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire. Would you circle desire? That's your will, the will to do good. He's giving you the desire and the power. Would you circle power? To do what pleases Him. The desire and the power, where does that come from? It comes from God. I want you to do this with me. If you go back to that passage right there, I want you to edit it a little bit. I want you to write, For it is God working in me. Instead of you, I want you to put me. Would you just write me at the top of that? And then giving me. I want you to just write me at the top of that. Okay? Now let's go back and read this verse, and I want you to read it personalized. Let's read it together. You ready? Come on, here we go. For God is working in me giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Come on, one more time. Let's read that together. You ready? Come on. God is working in me, giving me the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. What I'm telling you is that you cannot be good without God. The only good in you is the God in you. Because naturally, you're not good. As I stated to you earlier, I just want you to know, listen, as your pastor, it's confession. I do not always want to be good. There's sometimes that I want to tell people exactly what I think. You like you don't already? (laughs) I mean, mean, there's sometimes, there's sometimes I just want to jack people. I'm like, listen, you know what? You're so stupid. Yeah, you ever want to just tell people that? I mean, like, you know, you're trying to be an active listener. You're trying to listen to people. But, but you know what? We've been through this before. This is like the sixth time you've done the same stupid thing over and over again. You're an idiot, all right? You're just an idiot. You ever want to say stuff like that? You never come talk to me, aren't you? You're like, oh, heck no, I'm done, buddy. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, like, that's our desire sometimes. And I, as your pastor, I have those desires as well. But I want to tell you this. The reason that you're sitting here today and the reason that I have your respect is because there's a good God. And the God in me and the God in you, listen tell you the, only, the God in you gives you the desire and the power to do what is good. Without God, you're a mess. Listen, if you could make yourself better, you'd already be better if I could have stopped myself from being a cusser I would have stopped but I couldn't It took God inside of me he had to help my foul mouth and that's one of the things that I had to give to God when I come to him and he's helped me with that that means you know what when something bad happens the first thought that goes through my mind ain't hallelujah it ain't it's some other words but because God gave me the desire and the power you've never heard them See what I'm talking about? So today, if you're not a Christ follower, I'm going to tell you, your first step is taking that step. And we have a prayer inside of our program that will help you do that, to ask God in your life to give you that power, to give you the desire and the power to do good. And that should be all of our prayers. God, keep giving me the desire, the will to do good, and the power to do good. And that's what he wants to do. If you pray that prayer today, we want you to check it on the back of your connection card so that we can pray with you. But you know what? We're about to have a re-day at SEC. Right now. It's communion time. And communion is a re-day. It's when we are reminded of God's love. It's when we rejoice in what God has already done. And then it's, we remember. We remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. And how good our Heavenly Father is for giving His one and only Son. Right now would you take a few moments as we sing this song to just sort of prepare yourself for communion. The Bible says examine yourself. I want to ask you to do that right now. Just begin to examine yourself as we sing this song before we take communion. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website